we are like, I don't know what, what's in the water. <laughs> no one can speak properly with <laughs> this morning, it seems like. So anyway, um, if you ever get a chance, you know, every year, sometime late March, middle April, or end of April this, in this case, um, the elders have their retreat. This is the seventh year, as, as we're reminded. Uh, and the whole purpose of the retreat is for us to not only get to know each other and, and enjoy each other's company, but to deal with the work of the Lord here, just as I put in the bulletin. And this past year, because um, Ben is the deacon in, involved benevolence and, and has certain responsibilities along those lines, the elders asked him to oversee this retreat for this year. And as soon as he said, we're going to have these games on Friday night, I thought, I already know the way Ben thinks, at least from what I know of Ben. And it's going to be a really good um, lesson that we'll be learning from this. And I have to say that when the two things, the games that he had, had very good biblical application for us. But from a funny side of it, I mean, I think everyone died during the games. I mean, this is supposed to be some toxic thing. You're not supposed to pass this yellow thing. People were walking in nonchalantly. We learned a lot from this. And in fact, it has a lot to do with um, the sermon this morning. It just ties in because of what we're dealing with. But I was very um, encouraged and edified by that. And I share that with you because if you have the opportunity next year to go, um, maybe you need babysitters or, or whether you're single, married, what, doesn't matter who you are. If you have the opportunity to go um, next year, take advantage of it. It'll be a, a blessing for you. I really, really believe that strongly. Anyway, it was a great, great weekend. Hopefully, hopefully we get to continue every year. The Shema, it is known as a prayer. And you will, if you are a Jew, teach your children this prayer at the very earliest age. The word is from the word we just had read for us. The word means to hear, Shema. So it's Shema Yisrael, right? That's the very beginning, hear, O Israel. And you go on from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, and this would be memorized, and then it would be recited morning and in the evening. And in some cases, even at night before you go to bed. So you have this very, very popular prayer. It is, in my estimation, the Jews' version of the Christian's John 3.16 passage. It is that important. It is that well known. For us, when we look at words, and, and I rarely do word study sermons, rarely. But because of our studies in the Old Testament, because of where we are in the book of Numbers, um, because of some of the parallels with the book of Hebrews that we've been making the last two months... I believe it was very important for us to look at this word and to see very simply, not very difficult, very simply how this word is used and how it applies in the way we read scripture as well as our daily walk with the Lord. So with that in mind, I want you to see the beauty of the Shema. As I was mentioning earlier, this is such an important passage um, that this was done twice a day, but so embedded in the life of Judaism is the Shema that there's all kinds of jewelry. Um, this is whether it's a pendant or earrings or bracelets where the passages, the first part of Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4 is, is put on their um, bracelet. It's on all kinds of things. 
It is like the tassels that we were looking at in our Bible study this morning in the book of Numbers, chapter 15. It is that important. It's just a daily part of their lives. And so with that in mind, I want you to understand how this word is used. And so I'm asking you to really pay attention. Wink, wink. Listen to the word and how it's used. And we'll even use and make application to the song we just sang. So the most superficial way when we're talking about Shema is the ability to simply hear. It's like the sound waves coming into the ear and you know it. We have babies here that have no clue what's being said, but they hear the songs that we have been singing to the Lord. What they're doing is Shemaing, if I can mix Hebrew and English together. They're listening. They hear things. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8, remember after um, Adam and Eve had um, sinned, they heard God walking in the garden. So they made, they knew the distinction of this walking sound and that auditory told them, hey, there's someone else here. That's the idea of Shema, to listen, right, or to hear. But even more than that, the Hebrews would also use this word in a sense that gives you uh, like a synonymous phrase of paying attention, right? So you, you say something to your children, like I want you to clean your room, and they heard you, but they weren't paying attention. They shemad, but they didn't shema, right? They heard, but they really didn't pay attention. That's also how this word is used. And all throughout scriptures, oftentimes, like in Genesis chapter 18, many other passages where there's someone who is um, listening in, like, like Sarah is listening in on the conversation that Abraham had with the angels, or if you remember. She was listening in, and then, of course, she laughed about what was said to them. Well, she was paying attention. Or when someone prays to God and you're saying, God, please listen to my prayer. Pay attention to what I'm saying to you. Or God saying to Israel, I want you to listen and pay attention to what I'm saying to you. Right? Take heed. And so you'll have these synonyms being used for it. But ultimately, the word Shema in many contexts means to actually follow through with what you've been told if you've been given a charge. Right? So... In Genesis chapter 22 and verse 18, I want you to open your Bible to that passage here. We'll see a variety of ways Shema has been used, but we're going to use this last one and bring all three together in this short lesson about how we use this word. So let me get to Genesis chapter 22, and I want you to read the text with me. So here in in, uh, verse 18, let me back up to verse 15. The angel of the Lord called to Abram a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son. I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gates of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice." In Hebrew, it literally means you have shemad, my voice. Let me turn it around. There is no Hebrew word for obedience. It's the word shema. So when you are hearing the word to hear, like you can hear footsteps or you hear noises like during the creaking of the, in the ceiling, you shema. 
Or when you're paying attention to the creek going, oh, those are birds up there, or it's the thing expanding and, and contracting, and you shemine. Or when you're actually following through, like following the commandments of the Lord, you're actually listening to what he is saying to you. Time and again, we have these phrases being used in Scripture with a very important lesson. And I want you to note this carryover in the New Testament. In fact, one of the things that I love about our Old Testament studies that we've been doing the last, what, I guess close to nine months now, is we've been trying to understand things, not from our modern American perspective, but try to see if we can understand things from a Jewish or Hebrew perspective as God was bringing them into the land of promise and bringing these shadows, if you will, or these allusions into the New Testament, whether it's pointing to Christ or his covenant or things that bring us into this relationship um, that is the reality of God's relationship with his church. We've got all these things in the Old Testament. And so when we go back and forth between the old and new with these studies, you'll begin to pick up on these words. And for instance, just as, a, as an example, Shema. So if I asked you, and I've done this so many times, in, I don't know, in these years that we've been here, what is the great commandment? And in the past, we kind of like, well, yeah. now it's just, yeah. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. On these two hang the law and prophets. We know this is the two great commandments. But did you know that from a Jewish standpoint, it's not just that, yeah, this is the great commandments. The lawyer got it right. It was great because this was a daily part of their life, reciting these words. And the whole point is, when you read Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, is God is one. Not that he is one and... and um, you're looking at a debate on the oneness of God. It's he's the only one. There is none like him. Our Lord, our God who is one, that's who we're talking about. He is the one that created the universe and gives us a relationship with him. That's the idea that God is so awesome and he's so great. Our Lord, the Lord, our God is one. But notice the part that we are familiar with in the Shema, to love God with all our heart with all our soul and with all our mind or might or strength, depending on the translation that you have. So that's the picture that we're looking at. That was from the Shema or the prayer from Deuteronomy 6 that is being taught. And we're told if you look at this and all you have is just love God, love, love him with all your uh, heart, soul, and strength, you might forget the actual intent to listen and make application to loving God. Not that you just simply recite a prayer. Not that you would simply be able to quote a Bible passage and put a sticker on your children's paper from Bible class going, you remember it, you, got, you did really well. But do you really listen and pay attention to those words? That's the idea. Or, for instance, in the book of Hebrews, since we've been going back and forth, if you were to open your Bibles and look at Hebrews chapters 3, 4, and 5, one of the main themes of that section in the Hebrew letter is this concept of Shema, right? Today, if you will hear my voice, do not harden your hearts. That, that is throughout that thread. 
And then in Hebrews chapter 5, after that was restated in chapter 4, verse 17, in Hebrews chapter 5, I think it's in verse 8 and verse 13, there is a play on the word Shema, not from a Greek standpoint, because we're looking at New Testament words, right, which is written in Greek, but it's the Hebrew mindset. And the whole concept was that, that our Lord and our Savior, if you look at chapter 5, verse 8, he was so faithful to the Lord in everything that he did, you know, and he had learned his faithfulness through his obedience, right? And when he prayed to God, God heard his prayers because he was faithful, the passage says in Hebrews 5.8. Contrast that to verse 13. The Hebrew writer wants to deal with Melchizedek and make application to the priesthood of Jesus Christ. And he ties in the illusion and the foreshadowing of Melchizedek to Christ and as he's beginning to explain, he says, but I'm having a difficult time because you're dull of hearing. You're not paying attention. You're not making application in what's being taught because you're carnally minded, basically. And so you have this Shema, this understanding from a Jewish standpoint in this word. I guess what I'm saying is, and this is the most superficial point of this sermon, it opens your eyes in your Bible studies when you can have a mindset that is more like the culture that you're reading. And when we read things from our modern perspective, it makes it difficult. And sometimes we impose into the text what was not necessarily to be imposed upon, right? For the last example, and then we'll get to the, the meat, are the parables. The very beginning of Jesus speaking in parables naturally were, were to the Pharisees, right? And if you notice, he starts off, in fact, let's go to Matthew chapter 13, and he starts off with basically, he who has ears, let him hear. Again, a very important phrase for any Jew that understood the Shema and, and the prayer of the Shema and also the intent of what that word really means. And so with that in mind, look at Hebrew, I'm not Hebrews, but Matthew chapter 13, and we look at verse 9 following and how it's used in the text. Uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, the very beginning, it says, he who has ears, let him hear. And then the disciples came and said, well, why do you speak to them, to these Pharisees, in parables? Remember, they're going to be hearing these parables, but not understanding. And the whole point is what Jesus is teaching here. He answered his disciples and said, to you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For, the, for to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And this is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing, they do not see. And hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. So what some might get a, take away from this passage is, oh, Jesus is playing favorites, right? I give them parables, and I'm giving you the real deal, the real answers. But he gives the reason why he's speaking to them in parables, in more ambiguous ways. He said, because while they see, they're not paying attention with their eyes. They're not really looking to understand. And while they have ears to understand and hear, they're not really shemaing. Their hearts are far from me. Brethren, there's no difference whether we're English speaking or Greek speaking or, or Hebrew speaking or Aramaic, whatever it is. The lesson is very clear. We come here 
to praise our God, worship him in songs. We have Bible studies. And, and it's not so that we just spend a few hours doing stuff, right? We all know that the real reason why we're here is we glorify our God that we worship. But when we come here for Bible studies, it is so that it helps us in our conviction that Jesus is the Christ. It helps us in our conviction to live lives that glorify him. It helps us in so that when we go, we can teach God's word in spirit and in truth, right? When we share the gospel with others. So that's why we, we come here to study God's word or where we have these sermons to convict us. It does not convict us when it goes in one ear and out the other. It doesn't convict us when our hearts are not really here. In other words, we can be here and not hear, right? Same thing as we can hear without hearing or see without seeing, right? We know what's being said. And so here's, here's the application. And I want us to spend a little bit of time on this and, and the lesson will be yours. The word Shema, of course, is not even the word hear, but we have the concept of Shema in, here, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. If I could rephrase it, children, listen to your parents, right? Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. We, we teach them to memorize that. But how many times as parents, and of course, when as parents, we have to remember we were kids and same application to us when we were growing up. And sometimes that very thing that we as children of our God need to remember. But we tell our children, listen to us. And they might have heard us. They may even have paid attention to the words, but they never did what we wanted them to do. That means in the Hebrew language, they never really listened. And so the teaching is children Listen to your parents, pay attention to their words, and obey their teachings, that it may be well with you. Or, well, as we listen to each other. One of the great examples uh, we were talking about during the retreat was, you know, what are the, the strengths and weaknesses? And one of the things that we were discussing on the weaknesses of, of what had been observed from the games was we weren't very good listeners to Ben. Maybe because we were there and it's all, it's a nice, you know, we're lighthearted and everyone's having a good time. And, and Ben's trying to teach us, you do this, you die. And, and everyone died because no one was listening to Ben. And so it's kind of funny from us. And by the way, thank you, Kim, where, because Kim has video evidence of people dying, although they had no idea they were dead or didn't care that they died. But the whole point was when we reflected upon how well or how poorly we, we did as a group together, he said, well, I think you all stunk at listening. And he was right. You know, we got to pay attention. The same thing, and more importantly, is when we are dealing with each other, especially when there is tension, when there is any disagreement. See, one of the things that I, I've come to really love that we have grown is that we can actually disagree here. And even if need be at times, sharply and walk away with not an ounce of, are we okay with each other? I mean, I feel like we can, we can go at each other going, yeah, I disagree completely and walk away with hugs and kisses, so to speak. That's what it's supposed to be. But you cannot do that if you're not really paying attention, if you're not really listening, 
right? One of the points was made was when we have arguments and differences with whomever, whether it's your brother or sister in Christ or it's someone in the world, whomever it may be, that when there's an argumentation, all we are hearing is certain trigger words that we want to refute so we can put their argument down or so we can pro- promote our quote-unquote high opinion of ourselves. But if we truly listen, if we truly shema, right, then we are doing the will of God. That's why the scripture says for us to be slow to speak, right? In other words, we're going to be much quicker and able to listen to shema. Hebrews chapter 13, I want you, this will be the last passage we're going to look at. I want to spend a little bit of time in this because of um, recent activity that would be a blessing for the work here. I want you to look at the passage here, the closing. This statement is a reiteration of the earlier part of chapter 13. I'm going to look at the very end of chapter 13. So in verse 17, It says, obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will give account. So while it does not say elders, we know that our elders shepherd over um, the flock and they will lead God willing by example, right? Just as a shepherd does. But when they shepherd over us, we are told to obey them. And then notice... Let them do this with joy, not with groaning. Don't make it hard for them, for that would not be of advantage to you. So sometimes from time to time, and this is why I'm bringing this up um, as it corresponds with the sermon, is maybe an announcement is made by one of our elders. We have brethren that is absolutely amazing. As I'm looking right now, Mr. Robert and Miss Evelyn since I'm just looking at the two of you, in their 90s. And if God allows them to to have more years, great. I I thank God. I'm I'm waiting for my date with Miss Evelyn. (laughs) Um, But one thing, the last thing we would want is for them to get hurt because of our children running around. And I'll state this. The fact that we have children running around is a great blessing. It really is. But we wouldn't want them to get hurt. And we wouldn't want our little children to get hurt by anyone in the parking lot driving around. So one of the discussions at the retreat, because we wanted to do better as a congregation, uh, is how can we keep our children safe and what have you. And so among other discussions and whatever decisions are going to eventually be made, the bottom line was, you know, whether it's parents taking responsibility for children or children, listen. You know, be careful. Don't go in the parking lot. That kind of... Shema. Or as parents, listen to our elders. You know, they, they want what's best for us so that no one gets hurt. Shema. Listen. And it's so easy for us in our modern society because we're so independent, right? We're very independent-minded and independent from each other. Like, you can't tell me what to do, right? If we want to grow together and grow strong and firmly as a shining light for the community, one of the best ways is by having harmony with each other. And one of those ways is by listening for what's good for us. This is just simple stuff. This is not even big time decision making, right? It's just simple things. But listen, 
one of the things that I, I don't know if it was Brian or if it was Joe, our officer, um, saying, you know, sometimes we see cars coming out of the parking lot too quickly. We need to slow down. Be wise to listen. So I use these as examples of Shema for the daily application of our walk with the Lord. This is how we, we grow in Christ. What a great thing that we can humble ourselves and listen to one another. Ultimately, paying attention to our God. He wants what's best for our souls. Now, getting back to the Shema. If you look at this concept of listening to God, and it's, there's ample scripture, the concept itself, again, is found in the Greek scriptures because it was with Hebrew minds writing these words. You will see that there is a wonderful invitation for you to hear and that is for you who may be here that's not a Christian. In fact, I'll just ask the question. Anyone willing to raise their hand saying, I'm not a Christian? Okay, so I'm not going to give you the invitation because you don't need it, right? <laughs> what I will then is to say to our brethren, if you're here, listen to the words of the songs. That when we are singing, it opens our hearts up with intent and not just hearing notes that we're supposed to hit, um, hit, you know. We're not professional singers anyway. But if we can pay attention to those words and walk away, we'll be more edified. The song is to come to Jesus. Whether it's for those in our community that have not yet come to him, or for us who may be straying from him to return, pay attention to these words. And all the words that we sing when we come together as a body of believers, and in our daily walk with the Lord. So the invitation is for you as together we stand and sing song today.